Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. This week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, this week's guest, I'm very, very happy to, to have come back to the show. That's right. Uh, it's, it's not often we have a return guest on the show. And um, this guy, we crossed paths through you know podcasting and the, and the Pattern Family movement um, is Chris Rebel from the podcast uh, let's chat with Revel and Friends, a fellow Core Temp Arts podcaster uh, on their network. And uh, originally, we set up this interview uh, when I was in a space of, and I tweeted about, you know, about it a whole bunch, where we're between things that happened with our live show and other things that were happening within the That's Entertainment podcast network. Um, someone who I consider friends. Uh, we just there was there was a big kind of clash. Um, and, and you know that that like caused some turmoil, turmoil mentally for me, and um, and then we thought we had it settled, and, and then and then it happened again. You know something came up, uh, so we were setting up an interview to talk about depression uh, because it's something that Chris had experienced, and he was ready to tell his story a little bit more in in detail, uh, and I wanted to chat about you know my experiences with it, and. Uh, but from the time that we we set up this interview and, and we knew what we were going to talk about when I was ready just to just have a 100% show that was all about depression and be serious and whatnot, some things were on the upswing again. And one of the big things was was Philadelphia Eagles winning their first Super Bowl. And and I've talked about it before. And it was just it was a really good time for um, for for Philadelphians. And I was by the time we sat down and record, I was I was on an upswing. Uh, so. So we do chat about other things for the first probably 20 to 30 minutes of the show. And then we kick into talking about depression, my experiences with it, Chris's experiences with it, specifically um, what triggered it and, and, and how he's been coping with it and how he continues to find new ways to cope with it. And, and like my coping mechanisms and stuff like that, which aren't completely 100% healthy and whatnot. But, um, I, you know, I, I hope that this conversation, uh, you know, proves to have something useful for you if you know, depression is a serious, serious thing, um, and and to to let it go unchecked can can lead down to very dark paths, and, and you know, there's I think ways to avoid that, and and uh, number one is be open about it and talk about it. There's this. Um, you know, stigma with depression, especially with guys that like, it makes you weak and whatnot. And maybe I am weak, maybe I am, but, uh, I don't think you should be afraid of that. You should wear that on your sleeve. No one is perfect. No one is a hundred percent cool all the time. Uh, no, you know, no one, you know, everyone I think has little bouts of depression and sadness and stuff. Um, and, and it, you know, it's something that should be talked about way more than it is, uh, especially with males because, um, it's, it's just talking about it, not going, I have this weird thing where I, I can't actually, and I discuss it here. Like I, I have a hard time finding someone professionally to sit down and talk about it. But like this, for me, like this is, I've always used art and being a creative to find as my ways to deal with depression. When I was a teenager, it was wrestling. I, you know, I took it out in the ring and whatnot. And then now it's, it's podcasting and writing and, and stuff and all kinds of different creative freedoms that I have. Uh, so I think it's important for everyone to, to just know that about depression is that, you know, no one I think is safe from it. Um, and, and it's something that you should talk about. The more you talk about it, the, I think the, the better off you are. 
So um, that's the bulk of this episode, uh, and I'll be back on the other end to, to kind of wrap up. But for now, let's kick it to Kevin, Chris of the past as they talk uh, just amongst themselves as friends. So do you just have off like randomly during the week or? No, no, I'm working from home today. Well, oh. kind of home. I don't know. It was I just we didn't have a meeting that our meeting got canceled. That was the only thing I have to be there for. And then okay. I just been I have I, I have like a mobile station and then uh just it just ended up being one of those days where I'm able to it's flexible so I could take an hour out here and there. But today I just didn't have a whole lot yeah. going on, so I just took my lunch late. So are you able to like do you work from home most days no. or is that just like Well so I travel throughout the state through in the course of the day. Uh, so like okay. I do come home from periodically, but I do have office two offices I go to. Okay. I, yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I like about my gig. Like, as as much as I um, I'm not in IT. Uh, I wouldn't switch from quite yet, and well, that's gonna be a big old bleep for people. I wouldn't switch from my division yet uh, to go to IT because. Uh, a like the people are really nice here and even like the the executive director she's really cool my supervisors that i've had since i've been here like they all like the, the being on time is very subjective as long as you get your work done and you make it up somehow so like when i had to when my son moved to kindergarten i had to I asked, I was like, hey, is it all right if I start coming in like around 9, 930? Because I have to drop my kid off around 845 and I'm not going to be able to get in until like 915 at the earliest. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just make it up. Like, you know, you, you figure it out. So like if I take a long lunch here and there or if I come in late. Dude, it's insane how much schedule is important when you get older. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like for this, this is the first position I've ever worked in my life. I wish I didn't get this job till I was like 30, I think. Or twenty nine or something. That was thirty. I don't know. Uh, but um, where I worked nine to five or like eight to four, like consistently the same hours every yeah. day. Yeah. And before that, I've done every shift hour, multi like or change. I've done everything, so it's, it's so important. I can never ever go back to like nights and weekends. Yeah, I want to say uh, two thousand and ten. So eight years ago was the first time I had a job that was a standard, you know, day job with a set schedule. Before that, I was working for. Um, I don't. Do you guys have Wawa's up in uh, up in Rhode Island? Mm, no, 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 no. It's a Jersey thing. We had them in Connecticut for like a minute, but they weren't like your Wawa's with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Quick Check. There was one okay. by my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Well, first of all, it's not a Jersey thing. It's a Pennsylvania thing. Uh, Jersey. Oh, just, you know why? I was convinced. I was confusing it with Quick Check. Yeah, uh, there's a Wawa, Pennsylvania, uh, where it all started. Yeah, we used to have them at my grandma's house, and then it got turned into something else. It's yeah, Wawa used to, that I remember. Uh, well, you know, it, it's very special to us Philadelphia people. Yeah, uh, but it was like there's one in Connecticut. <laughs> I wonder if it had honestly. I wonder if it had anything to do with uh, the company that you guys of Wawa, or was it just the same name? Because that's not. And then it closed. Maybe they got sued. It was red, right? The red letters yeah. and some Wawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't remember anything about it other than it was a convenience mart. With people in Philly love it. Yeah, oh god, we love our hoagies. They um their point of sale system and their fuel system uh is run off this company Radiant, which at the time was its own company, now it's owned by NCR. Not important. I used to work for Radiant. I used to install point of sales across this great nation of ours. And uh so my work schedule, like I would be on the road from anywhere from four to like seventeen days out of the month. Oh uh, not out of the month, at a time, come home for a weekend and then be at it again. And I mean, th this is a job that only 20 year old Kev could, like I started, my first day was when I was 21 and I, and I did that for, uh, I guess, uh, I did that till 2009 really before the kids I got laid off. Yeah. 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 My kid. Yeah. My kid, uh, my first kid was born in 2012. Yeah, so I couldn't do that with kids. No. And like, I, I missed the, like, I kind of missed the idea of traveling for work, but no, only in the sense, everything, every job is amazing once you don't work there anymore. Yeah. But it's only in the sense of like, I got to see places and I got to do things. It's so as much as I, I quote unquote miss it, I, I, I do not want to go back to it. Like it would be torture to leave the house for four days uh, for work 
and not be able to see my family. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, as much as I miss that job, like this job here that I have now is it's so, it's so convenient. It's so great for the, like my family and I, it's, it was a good move to make. And like when there's downtime, like I, it offers me time in, you know, I'm in my office still, but it offers me time to like steal away to work on whether it's writing or, or editing a podcast or I have, I have three monitors. Well, I have two monitors on my laptop screen. So like one screen is dedicated to like, I'm going to listen to a podcast that I have to edit or I'm going to listen to a podcast that I was, I want to listen to. If anyone's listening to this and they heard that four day get away thing and you're like, Oh, that sounds great from your partner. Uh, you should get out of that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah if you hear yeah. that and like oh it's, i miss my the person i'm with then that means it's good but if you're like oh my god 17 days away from them maybe you should re- <laughs> maybe you should reevaluate your life but it's funny how um some relationships actually work that way like i'll take i think this is you know a big a good example of that hulk hogan uh when he um <laughs> he might want to think this which which wife well uh, okay so <laughs> his, his first one linda uh, I don't know anything. I, I didn't even know he was married again. So, oh yeah, he's still divorced, right? I don't know. I, I know. I don't know. I know he, he, he uh, his yeah. first wife that he, that was his age. The one I know he was, I know he was dating like his daughter's friend at one point, if not who looked like, and then the, and then the mother was dating the son's friend who looked like him. It was very weird. That that could be a whole episode, <laughs> yeah. but for like Hulk Hogan, for all the years that he was on the road and in the business and consistently on either WWF slash WWE or WCW, like his 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 structure was good. Like they 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 were fine. They got along, and then he came home and was not working anymore. And like within I think a year of that, that's when their marriage fell apart. I thought it was because his son killed someone too. <laughs> the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to overanalyze them, but yeah, I feel like if you're going to be away for that kind of time, you got to have beach house money. Like it has to have a yeah, sacrifice. Totally. Like if me being away at the pay I make now is just torture. If I was making oh, yeah. house money, which means I'd own a home and a beach house, you think it through. You think it through. Because I know yeah. people who do have to travel it's... for a boatload of time for work and they have a lot more money than me. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I would be, you know, it would be a different story if it was six figures or something like that, that was, that was the traveling and, and maybe I'd still be there. If that was yeah. The case. Yeah. I'm not at that level. But, yeah. I'd much rather like, you know, just work. I, I drive an hour to work every day and uh, it's nice and relaxing. Um, and it's funny, it's funny cause I wanted to, uh, and I, I think we'll talk a little bit about it today, but it was prior to this Sunday I was like, and I still, to a degree, I'm like kind of dealing with uh, my my own little depression. But I, because you had mentioned, uh, I guess when I did your show recently, um, I was like your second show back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned, so you mentioned, like you, you know, you took some time aside to like figure your mind out and whatnot. And that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to get serious on this show to talk about that. You know, setting up. You know, uh, since like a week or two ago to do this interview, I was like all ready to be like, "Fuck life." But uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, I mean, I, obviously, you know, from seeing my tweets and whatnot, like for Philadelphia, it's a happy time right now. Yeah, congrats. I I live in New England and wanted your team to win for you only because I don't like Patriot fans either. But I also don't care. So. That helps too, and you're not, and like the, I'm like that with with uh with like basketball. I don't like. I'll always cheer on the Sixers, but I don't care about basketball. It's a very boring yeah. sport for me. Um, hockey, I've gotten into in the last ten to fifteen years, but it's still a game that like I can't name one yeah. player on the Flyers, but I will. I have a Flyers jersey, and I will support that team. Um, and then the, and baseball, like I got back into the, like a year or two before we won the world series. So like, I think Oh six, I got back into it. Um, after uh, baseball for me, I got, and I was, I don't know why, cause I was fucking nine years old when we went on strike, but when the, when MLB went on strike, I got so pissy about it that I stopped watching it. Yeah. I used to be super into basketball, baseball, and I'm just not, um, but I'm, then I had like my anti-sports phase, and then I, as I got older, I'm like, oh, it's the same thing as just liking superhero movies. So everyone, extremism yeah. on all sides is wrong, and if you have fun and you like it, it's fucking awesome that you have that. Yeah. Well, and that's like – and I love the – there's this um, 
Will Will uh, Will Wheaton video. Uh, he was at a con, and I think he's actually answered this question or given a similar answer to similar questions on more than one occasion. But there's this one video that I have bookmarked in in my um, in my favorites on my my browser that I, I like to watch from time to time. Where a little was it? It was no, not a little girl. It was um, somebody said like, "Hey man, like I have a little girl at home or a little boy at home, and what what advice would, do you have?" to tell them about like when they're made fun of for being a nerd or for being a geek or something. And I'm paraphrasing him here, but uh, he basically said that everyone is a nerd. Everyone, you know, all that means is you're passionate about something. So whether it's comic books or whether it's math or whether it's football, like everyone is passionate about something and don't let, you know, that, you know, don't let anyone take that from you. And it was very well worded, much better than what I gave now. But like, I turned to that video from time to time because it's it's like the first time I saw it was before I had kids, and I watched that. And I was like, Man, right. I want Will Wheaton to be my dad because like it was just such an inspirational thing for him to say. I'll I'll maybe in the show notes I'll try to put the uh, the link to the video in there so people can watch it. But it's um it's uh, yeah every I mean for me like it's I'm the abnormal quote unquote nerd like you know i walk into every it job and and i'm like the one that's not necessarily in i've lucked out where I, i'm usually partnered up or i have a crew of people that are like me that aren't necessarily full-blown it nerds like we don't have we don't dress like it we don't act like it we are very into sports and uh but i'm also very into all the nerd pop culture stuff too so i i, I walk all lines basically but when it comes to sports i'm I'm a football guy and I wouldn't even say a football nerd. Like I'm passionate about my Philadelphia Eagles. And maybe like 10 years ago when I was following fantasy football uh, and playing a lot, I was way more into like the stats and stuff. But uh, now I'm just like uh, riding cloud nine about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. It's 52 years uh, since the Super Bowl has been around and we finally won one. Well, I grew up like as a Red Sox fan. So 52 years is nothing. That's true. That's true. But I mean, I also, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, Besides the assholes who kind of ruin it for everyone, good for Philly. Yeah, yeah. I actually really love Philadelphia. I'm not even going to shit on it. I think it's a wonderful city. Well, and it's funny. And, like, I get it. I understand that there's, like, way, like there are assholes in the city that fucking, like, they, so this is the example I turned to. I watched a video of some, some of the shenanigans that went on after the Super Bowl. And, like, some of it's okay. Like, I'm okay with a level of douchery after a t- after our team won the Super Bowl because I expect I don't expect the Patriots fans to do it because you've won five I don't I would expect Cowboys fans to maybe do it because it's it's been a hot minute since they've won a championship I think nine like mid 90s was the last time they won something so so a fan base that's passionate about their team I expect some sort of douchery if if they win the big game and like there's this video I'll give two examples from this video a group of people are on top of um the 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 canopy of a hotel oh, I saw that and and it collapses and like okay like here's why I'm okay with that a, they're going to have someone got in trouble for that. Someone's going to pay for that. And at the end of the day, even if not, there's an ins- a business insurance that's going to cover that. And yeah, it sucks because something's going to in some way, it's going to screw the little guy somewhere down the road. Um, but it, 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 compared to flipping someone's car, that's what I got heated about. I was like, come on, guys, like. This is why we have a bad rap. You're flipping a car. You, you literally flip the car over. That's not yours. That's someone's car. Like, that could have been my car. I don't live in the city proper, so I'm lucky. But, like, that could have been my car or someone I knew. Like, that's how someone has to get to work tomorrow, and you flip their car. And, like, that's how I recognize that the city of Philadelphia, like, I know we have a bad rap. I think we get one that's worse than it actually is. But it's, <sighs> it's stuff like that. No, it is. I think it's way worse as someone who's not necessarily in the city, but like is, is if I consider myself a Philadelphian, we have a bad rap. I think sports, sports teams wise, not otherwise. I think Philly is like, like a lot of cities now, no one who lives less people from Philly live in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a nationwide trend of all cities. I mean, didn't Philly also throw batteries at Santa, but that was also like, <laughs> yeah, that, you don't that, let that, that one down. Yeah, not you personally. No, I think you do though. Like that's the same thing as saying, if you were to say, 
um, you know, let's take the Cowboys for an example, or even, well, not the Patriots, because they are a modern day team with championships, but let's take the Cowboys for uh, example, a team that that's the same thing as like saying our team is better than you, than your team, because we've won five championships. But in the last 20 years before this 2017 Super Bowl here, Super Bowl 52, in the last 20 years, let's count how many rings our teams have had. Zero each. Like our teams are the same for the last 20 years. So I think, yeah, it, it is bad that that in our history, yeah, we threw we threw uh, That's a hockey, um, right? hockey game. No, I don't think it was hockey. I think I don't know if it was it was I don't think it was either football or Phillies. It was it was the Eagles or it's Phillies. A, I mean, I wasn't alive for it. It's just one of those notoriously yeah. funny things. And, and and I get it. And it's something that you can, I definitely respect or like you can reference to and say like, man, that's fucked up that that happened, but that doesn't represent current day Philadelphia no. culture. And, and well, you're right. All those is, people doing those riots don't actually live in Philly. Like there's plenty of people who travel to a sports game who don't live in the cities. Exactly. And, and, and my point like that, and I saw you commented on it today is like, I shared a news article about Patriots fans that like, like rioted and, and like in Amherst too, <laughs> it's not even near where they play. So like it's and and a lot of people like so so here's a classic defense that Philadelphia fans have, and that's like, well, you know, it's not just our town; everywhere has it. We just get the most publicity, and I think there is a degree to truth to that because of think because because I guess we when we when something happens it is to an extreme like the battery thing and 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 I think it's that specific incident to be honest that yeah that's that's usually the thing and then you just and everything what's that called like when uh confirmation bias you only look for stuff that proves your point exactly and it's 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 that thing like I want to say and maybe the reports aren't accurate but as of yesterday um, the report was out of everything that happened in the city of Philadelphia, the, the, the celebrations, the, the rioting or whatever, because we won, there were only three arrests, three incidents that were, that made arrests. Mm. That's that, that were bad enough that, that caused that. Whereas in that article I shared alone, six people, I think it was got arrested. Yeah. So my thing is, yeah, I'll recognize the fact that Philadelphia, we do, sh- our fans do shitty things and sometimes they do great things. I would say it, it heavies, f- from my point of view, hearing the news on a daily basis in Philadelphia, it usually uh, weighs more towards positive than negative. But it happens everywhere. I don't care whether you say I'm lying or I'm just saying it because I'm from Philly. It happens oh, I mean, everywhere. Look at like, it's- like football, like uh, international football. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, there's, I think there's a type of person who goes to a game with an intent to riot. Oh, yeah, like, totally. And like, and I, well, I think the people – and like I, you hear this a lot, which is a very accurate statement. Is It's not as much the people but the response from law enforcement like versus like – Shut up! Cats. Um, when uh, there's like actual – if there's a Black Lives Matters protest, they are like, all right, let's look at that thing and fucking uh, – What's Virginia when they had that like those the clan yeah. that rally? They yeah, had the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, national yeah. guard out there, and uh, yeah. then there's a sports game and it's a majority of uh, white people rioting, which is I mean it's rioting, literally rioting. Um, you know, look what happens. It's uh, that's the problem I think most people have. It's like, oh, we're we're like look, look at the L.A. riots or whatever. So it's it's just it's so shitty because there was actual people looting during the Philly celebration slash riot. Yeah, and, and I'm, not, I'm also not putting this on Philadelphia. This is a larger but, scale issue through the nation that happens everywhere. Whether if yeah. that happened in Boston or it happened in Philly or wherever, it would have been the same thing. The cops well, responded. So like, s- okay, high five. It's okay to be an asshole. Oh, this is politically motivated. You're going to jail. And, but, but you know, I would say that like I would say that if um, the Pats won the Super Bowl, you probably wouldn't have much looting going on. But again, you know what's actually interesting? I'm not sure if you're not from this part of the country. The Patriots don't play in Boston or even near Boston. I actually live closer to where they play than the than they do in Boston. So it's weird. They play in this really weird. It's called Foxborough. It's a suburban town, and there's just a stadium in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if that matters, but it's I think that's it's interesting because there's like nothing to. If the game's not physically there, there's nothing happening. Like no one went to Foxborough to celebrate. You're like, all right, let's go get a Five Guys burger and go to a movie or whatever. <laughs> but all right, well, 
I know you yeah. want to talk about something real before I digress your entire episode. Well, and and, I, and the last thing I want to say is that like I feel like if like the the Patriots won, there there would be a lot less chaos than there was in Philly. But on, but that's because they've had championships for the last. Like, oh, you're giving Boston way too much credit. They're fucking dicks. But here's the thing: like, let's. I, I'm going to go back to my example of the Dallas Cowboys. It's been a hot minute since they won a championship. I feel yeah. like that's someone. That's a town that they would be so hyped that they finally – it's been 20 years that they won one. They would have won their 6-1, which would have tied them for the most ever championships um, in football. So like, I feel like you know it, it happens everywhere. It's just the fact that like typically Philly gets the most um, national news for it. Like remember when the Red Sox won? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's just – it's – it's like that everywhere. It really is. It's just Philly happens to be the team right now that you're talking about because they won. Exactly. And good on them. Good on them. And they don't. They don't cheat. And good, yeah, damn right we don't. And good on uh, Bud Light for making their promise, uh, keeping on their promise. There, I don't know what the, how they're doing it, but they're What's giving out. The they promised. Um, I think in the like, it wasn't. It was the either the beginning of the season or ha- like near halfway point. Uh, one of our players said. Something about like having like uh, uh, having a party on him uh, for uh, if they win the Super Bowl, and then Bud Light chimed in and said, "Beer's on us. We're gonna give uh, at the parade. We'll give beer away if you guys win the Super Bowl." And they are they they're either they're either having like stations along the parade route where you can just go up and get free Bud Light, or they're or they're doing something with the the bars along the parade route. That oh, that's so cool. So yeah, there's. I mean, uh, I think it's going to be because the players in, are involved in the parade route. It's going to be a lot more organized with police. But you're going to see some drunkenness in this Philadelphia parade on uh, Thursday. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's going to be a St. Patrick. It's comparable St. Patrick's Day in Boston. It, it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be. I think blow the uh, the murmurs uh, uh, parade out of the water. This uh, this Eagles parade. Um, the, so anyway, uh, yeah, so I did want to talk cause like I discovered earlier this month cause I was like, and I not discovered, I've always known that like I've had, and I, mine's like so low key, my, my depression, um, that like, I don't even feel like I never feel the need to talk to somebody about it. Like I kind of just kind of process, deal with it. And then usually I'm like, I'm like a, a week of it and I'm out and then I, you know, I'm good for a couple months maybe, but like. There was some uh, out. Well, it's all not related to this podcast, but related. To, there was like the That's Entertainment Podcast Network that I run, uh, which ironically this show is not part of. Uh, I run that, and uh, outside things, not outside things, things related to that, like just really kind of like put me in a down spirit and kept me down for a week, like the entire month of January, pretty much. I was just like, Ugh. like, unless it had to involve my family, like my, my, my fiance and my kids, like, it was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to do anything. Like I'm still catching up on posting episodes, uh, which I thought I was going to try to overpower that, that depression and, uh, get episode one off one Oh five out in time for the anniversary of the show. And I didn't, it's, it's still not out yet. And like, part of that is um, I don't want to drop names of any organizations, but there was a pretty big organization. NFL. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you NFL. Uh, There's, there was an organization that may or not be the may or may not be the NFL that um, was supposed to be a pretty big presence and help um, promote the festival that we did, the one day festival for uh, everything is awesome's anniversary and raising money for let's have cancer. And uh, they did not, they were, there was radio silence on their end. They did nothing to help promote it and, and them promoting it could have made a huge difference in, in that oh, show. Um, and it's it, it, like to the point where like I showed up Sunday for the festival to run it and I got shitty drunk. Cause I was so like, that's, when I'm depressed, depressed, like super depressed and I'm in a bar, it's bad news. So I like, I, I got, I got a little hammered and like, I don't remember my show at all. Like I'm dreading going back to listening, listening to it. I felt like I just remember when I left that day, I left feeling like I, the festival was good. My guest spots on, I was a guest on two shows during the festival that those, those shows were great. The shows that I even every show, but my show 
performed well and overperformed and did what they were supposed to do. And my show was shitty. It was just, it felt bad. Like I hated my performance. I hated uh, what we brought to the table. Um, I, I was just was not happy with it. And I, I, I've been told that I'm a little hard on what on it, uh, on myself about it, but it is, I, it was such a negative thing that like, I still, obviously I'm still kind of dealing with mentally cause I haven't posted any up. Ep- <laughs> like I, I finally edited an episode that I did with, uh, Craig from take two that I'm going to put up later today. Craigie. Yeah. I, he's a good dude. Uh, but yeah, like it's, um, and, and for me, it's weird because like, I, I don't feel the need to talk to anybody, even when it's like, quote unquote, this bad. Like, I know I don't, I don't feel like I need medication. I don't feel like it's that bad. Like I know other people that, that are depressed and, and are on meds and it really does help. And I'm, and it's, I, I, I love that there's something there for people that absolutely need it. And for me, I think I'm still, I guess, trying to figure out what it is. Cause it's, I've tried sitting down and talking to people and I just, I, like professionals, I it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um. So so basically, my my whole thing is like, I, yeah, I'm depressed. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know what's up. What I, I don't know how much detail you want to get into, but sure. you kind of you kind of discovered. Um. I, was it something you dealt with prior to uh, for what I'll call the incident for now? Because I don't know what you want to talk about. Oh no no um no never I've. Um, well, so my depression more was manifested through uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, they call it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, <laughs> I think I told my – I, which I, I can go through the whole thing if you want, but it's been a kind of a weird ride because like I was threatened to get help and then my company changed insurance. So I lost my therapist, lost my psychiatrist. And then, then in the, when I've seen two new therapists. I didn't like either of them. And uh, so I'm in this weird phase of like, I was doing great and now I have to pause everything. But I actually have oh, a no. new uh, psychiatrist appointment today. So I hope that goes well. And I'll see a new therapist at the end of the month and then hopefully I like them. But yeah, anyway, so um, I don't know. I remember like seeing a psychiatrist and uh, not telling them and, and they're like prescribing. It's called um, – God, it's so, so much I know. It's not – Wellbutrin, but it's like the knockoff version of Wellbutrin, which is okay. basically an anti-anxiety, anti-depressant. Uh, I'm like, but I'm not depressed, and they kind of gave me that look where they wanted to laugh in my face because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was depressed. Which I guess everyone, you don't realize you are. Things are. Um, so yeah. yeah um, so I guess that was how mine kind of came to be, and I guess it's weird. I, I think I noticed a lot of it like through my pod- podcast, and it's like the hobby and thing I love the most, and like. Besides, you know, the stuff that matters in life. And um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just kind of stopped. And like, if you look at my track record, like I was going, I don't think I had missed enough. I had, I was putting out like 55 episodes a year. So like sometimes twice a week for the last like three years. I think last year I had not missed an episode in over, over a year and a half. And um, yeah. And then I knew I was going to take a little break because I needed some time. And then coming back to it, just just didn't want to i stopped using social media stopped doing all that stuff and then i had to learn from a therapist like i couldn't even talk about it even when people were like reaching out to say nice things to relate to the trauma because it would just put me i just done for the day like i couldn't even talk about it which then leads to ptsd so um but should i start from the beginning what so people actually know what i'm talking about yeah, cause, yeah, because because this is interesting because for me like i know i've kind of dealt with before I saw someone uh, professionally, I kind of always said, yeah, well, my depression comes from self-esteem. Like I just have a self-esteem issues and, and that's my form of depression. And I always dealt with like feeling sad through art. Like, so I, I since I was 15 years yeah. old, I wrestled and that was my art at the time. I, I wrestled. I also oh, you had a coping strategy. Exactly. Like that. And that's, and, and I did that for like 10 years. Like I didn't have to see anybody cause I could just hit someone with a chair and it all felt better, you know, uh, or, or more, yeah. more so like I, even I could like, this is where the self-esteem thing uh, comes into play. Like I enjoyed taking bumps. I enjoyed, you know, getting hit in the head. I enjoyed, you know, getting, getting beat up and whatnot. And I had that for so long that, um, that that's what I dealt with. And then, and then it kind of, when I, when I got injured and I stopped doing it, I started, you know, gravitating towards podcasting and, and, and that up until really like, and you know, I stopped doing it for a couple of years when my, when my kid was born, my first one, 
Um, and, and I just had family at that point and pop culture and, and, and a little bit of writing here and there. And I, I found other creative ways to, to kind of keep my head on straight. And I just, I, I, there was a good couple of years where I, I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel the self-esteem issue. I didn't hate myself. And then, um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, I th- comes and goes, right? Well, and I think, I think it's like, I think what, what it is now in my, in my, as I near my mid thirties, it's that I haven't done some of the things that I've wanted to do, like film a movie. It's some of these creative things that I've really wanted to do uh, for, you know, the last 10 years or, or longer that I haven't gotten to. So I think it's that kind of stuff that I, then I start letting like the podcast go. And then suddenly there's five episodes of the podcast that I'm like, shit, I have to edit and get these posted. Like, it's just, I, I don't want to fucking deal with it, but I have to. So like for me, Oh, it's like overwhelming. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And yeah. Boy, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. Exactly. And I, <laughs> and, and, and it's, and it's a weird feeling. Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know what the actual classification is when it comes to, to, to the, the, you know, a professional saying what you are. But at one point I was professionally diagnosed with being, with having self-esteem issues and I'm sure it's manifested into other things since then. But again, like I kind of still like this, even though I, it's going to be a while before we post it. Like this is, this is what I love, like sitting around talking. So like this here helps a big time. This is me being creative sitting around talking. So it's, so it's weird for me to hear from you. Like you had a specific incident that, that set that kind of set things into motion for you. So whatever you feel like you want, you want or can get into, go ahead and and give people some background of why you started seeing somebody. Uh, yeah, well, the long and short of it was, uh, basically a bunch of trauma happened within like a very short period of time. Um, which I guess this was a separate one, but so my wife and I struggled with, with IVF with his, uh, trying to have a baby. And so we did it. And that, that was about three years, which accumulated into finally her getting pregnant, which was fantastic. And then led to, uh, my wife had a high risk pregnancy and then developed preeclampsia, uh, at like 34 weeks so and then made our daughter was born prematurely and then the sa- the day of the pregnancy which was a whole the, a couple days leading up for all that to happen was a whole another story within it so it's all it just doesn't really end but then um so then that day my my daughter ended up in the NICU and then my wife ended up having she had to get a ski section after everything and then that day she had postpartum hemorrhaging and they couldn't stop it, and she had to get three surgeries after the C-section all in that same day and was literally on death's door, uh, according to her exact doctor. Yeah, I've had like – it's like a literally like a miracle that she's alive. Wow. And then my daughter was in the NICU after that. There's so much other shit that happened in this short period of time. I can't – but bad that I can't remember certain things anymore. But um, and then – so she had three surgeries, and then things were going pretty good. And then my mother-in-law was coming up to help us out. And they were in the process of moving up here. She falls and breaks her arm on our stairs, which was the whole uh, experience within itself. There's was a lot of a lot of issues around that. And mm-hmm. something else. Oh, then her gallbladder. She had emergency gallbladder uh, surgery while she was on maternity leave. Then we got robbed on my birthday. Holy crap! Yeah, it sucked. I mean, nothing really valuable was taken, but that it, it sucks. That was terrible on my actual birthday. Yeah. I think I was already getting help at that point, and then she's had she had she had another surgery again in uh, as most recently as uh, October, and it's now February. So she's had six surgeries in six months. Um, I feel like some other stuff must have happened too, but so it was just a lot of traumatic shit simultaneously. Uh, I didn't know I had PTSD. I thought things were going good, and then one of the signs, at least for me, was I was in tremendous physical pain one morning. I couldn't move my neck. So I thought it was just stiff. So I got like a professional massage and um, didn't really work. And then my wife, believe it or not, remembered an episode of West Wing. (laughs) None of you ever watched that where uh, with Bradley, with uh, Josh Lyman, who's played by Bradley Cooper, decided they discovered he has PTSD. And then like, so I guess without really realizing it, I was like not talking about anything. I was having like uh, night terrors, flashbacks. Like I would just like 
start like randomly crying all the time. Like I could like be driving my car, doing anything in the world, and I would just like disassociate. And so like a flashback is like reliving a moment of your life, except the worst moment of your life, and yeah, like yeah. actually being there. It's not like the first time you had sex or something cool or going to Disney World. It's like what thing do you ever want to not relive? And then all of a sudden you're like driving. You're like, what the fuck just happened? I was just in a hospital. Uh, so it was weird, but I wasn't like figuring it out. And then I uh, finally saw a therapist, and it was really physically painful. Just I don't know why. It was like I had a lot of tension leaving that day, and I was yeah. did not like it at all. And then next morning, I felt like I lost a thousand pounds, and I felt free. And then eventually, I- was going to therapy, getting got into meds, and then my company changed insurance, and now I'm kind of back in that process. So, but yeah, and that's. That's that's interesting because, like I said, like I have gone and maybe I just haven't found the right person. And I've only got like it's it, it is actually like because I work in that field too. It's like seventy percent of therapy is a, a connection. Yeah. If you don't like your therapist, it's just not going to work. Yeah. There's nothing your therapist can do. There's nothing you could do if you don't feel like a good connection. Like I found what I just don't like, and I really just need like a really warm, holistic-ish, like empathetic woman. That's just who I need to work with. I just I just saw this dude once and God, he was so silent and dry and it was very like more like he had like a couch like you could lie on like a like a fucking stereotype is like, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Didi was just like the uh, she, like the first thing she one of the first thing she says to me, she's like, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to go on this journey with you. It is really just truly my honor. And like one of the last conversations we had before I, our last session, she was like, I just want you to know that I promise you things are going to get better. And I just reacted better to that than I did other yeah. things. So it is, it, it's, it's weird too, right? Like it's like get help, but no one ever gets help until maybe months after they need it. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, and I, I guarantee you that it's something that like I could definitely benefit from. You uh, don't even need that, to be honest. Like a lot of people, like there's like feeling down and like low grade depression, yeah. like people can work through and there's like, and then there's like diagnosable bipolar and, levels of depression so like i don't know, maybe you do need meds i don't know like i can't diagnose but like no and i don't feel like i do therapist is helpful yeah I, I, it's it's the the level like i know because i i've seen people who are depressed on and off meds and i don't ever feel or at least i don't see me act like the like a person who's off meds that needs it and and maybe maybe i like the darkest hour i do i, I just I know like it, it doesn't feel like it's that bad. Like, it, cause for me, it feels like whenever I get safe for when I, I get sad uh, about like something that reminds me of my uncle or something, or like, like for instance, like, and I would say this wasn't necessarily sad tears, but like I, I got emotional and, and, and wept when the Eagles won. Um, yeah. Like, well, that's a, that, that's a good thing. Cause exactly. Well, it, yeah. Cause you're feeling something. I guess that was part of the problem I was having too, is just like not letting anything in. negative or positive exactly so there's times where like something like that will happen where i'm like i'm thinking of my uncle and i'm like just i'm so happy that um that 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 happened like that that the eagles won and 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 i'm sad that he's not here to to actually witness it and whatnot but i like it's just it's 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 like you know i'm not a really religious guy like i i you know i have sometimes i have faith sometimes i don't i'm i'm very on on the fence about all that um but like there's times like this where like during the super bowl like i literally was like i know my uncle and and like every every eagle fan that's up there is like looking down and like they're helping guide this game somehow and there's times where i yeah it's sweet and, and there's times where i'm like well there is no god but regardless like then there's times where like i don't know i, I can't even think of it like a, 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 I mean, and I guess that's kind of what makes it hard for me to to talk to people is like I can't ever articulate really like why I'm I f- I'm feeling sad or depressed, like why I don't want to work on a podcast. Uh, it could be chemical. Maybe I don't know. I and and this is probably why I should go see someone. But it's like to me, like as much as I love talking. Like, I don't want to sit around and talk about my feelings for an hour. And maybe that's like, that's the issue. I need to, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it's weird. I have to say it it does kind of suck in the beginning, especially if you're going through some shit, it does not make you feel good at first. Yeah. um, I mean, I've seen therapists before and like, when you get a good one, man, it's just the best. It really is. When you really just have a nice one, it's, it is nice to have that person to talk to about whatever it is even in, like if it's not about depression like because i always go i always go in gun blazing like i don't want meds and they're all right if you find one's like well a therapist can't give meds so they're like all right 
if you don't want meds, let's see what else we can do. But like, okay. Okay. And then event, this particular instance, I kind of had a feeling that maybe uh, I would. This was beyond my control because it was a little. Di- it was different than I've ever been through. It's and it's it's weird because I think like my problem is like when I am really sad about something, like by the time I want to, by the time I find someone to go talk, and I've maybe a handful, like literally less than five times, I've sat down with like a professional and, and I've never sat down with someone that I actually like liked talking to, or, or I, it might've been because I was so negative about it. Like, Oh, I don't feel like I need this. I'm just doing it to appease whatever. Um, well, yeah, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not there for you, it's nothing's going to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, I think the issue for me is like, okay, well, I, I know, like, I know that there's times that I'm depressed. I, I just, right now I'm not. So what am I going to talk about? <laughs> like, I, and, like, and does it like feel like it's not ruining your life because you're able to cook? Cause that's like the, I, that, I think the definition of like illness is like, it's an, it's in the way of your life. Cause I think a lot of people walk around with anxiety and depression, but yeah. it's not something that stops them from living their life. Exactly, and I, in and a I helpful, healthy manner. Yeah, and I, I feel like, like honestly, mine, or at least the way it's felt for the last, um, we'll say, a couple months to to a year or so, it's like it typically the only thing it affects is usually my art. Like, it doesn't feel like it affects my life personally. Every now and then, it might be like where I'm not, I'm not cleaning up the house as much as I used to. Uh, so well, it's not fine to me. Just <laughs> yeah, so, like, cleaning. I, I, I don't feel like it like mine. I feel like it's super low grade that it's just like, sometimes I just got to like let it work itself. I don't know. It's weird because I, I don't know anything. Like I'm not trained in this at all. So like, maybe I should see somebody, maybe I should be on meds. I don't feel like I need any of that. I feel like I just, like, and I think that's me being like, I'm the same way about my health too. Like I don't ever feel like I need to go to the doctor. I feel like oh, I'm mm. healthy. I know I'm, I'm I weighed myself recently. I'm the heaviest I've ever been at like 260. And that I, I know that that's not healthy. Like I know that I could be a lot healthier, but I'm not going to go to a doctor about anything. I know that it, there's probably something like whenever I go to the doctor and like they say, we oh, it's that time of the year. We need to take your blood work for your annual checkup. I'm like, great. They're going to find something. Or like if there's something actually wrong with me, I'm like, eh, I'm not going to go. Like when I'm sick and I'm sick for a week, a week. You know, people will be like, you should go to the doctor. I'm like, eh, I'll be fine. And it'll be like another week and a half before I actually go. And I find out that like, oh yeah, you have strep or, oh yeah, you have this thing that like could have been gone within a week if you just came here and got meds. So you have like medical and mental health avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I, th- yeah, I just- I'm a classic avoider as well. And procrastinating, not doing things is what I do best. Yeah. yeah. It took me months to get my blood work done for my doctor. And, and I feel like my issue with like going to the doctor and not necessarily, I feel if I'm sick, like I'm not like I go to the doctor at least once a year because I, I went one, one time because I felt like I had, I was sick. Like I felt like I had strep. I was like, right, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to go and get my strep taken care of. And they're like, no, oh, you don't have strep. Like, you know, we'll do a strep test, but it doesn't, it looks like you just have really bad allergies. What are you taking? I was like, Oh, when I, I take this and that, and it never like, when I feel like it's allergies, it never feels like it works. They're like, we have this like magic shot basically is what I call it. Which they don't work. <laughs> no, it does. Like They, they oh, give me okay. a shot once a year. They, and, and my allergies are, I don't have allergies. Like it's amazing. I don't want that. Well, do you get your physical at least? Well, that, and that's when it happens. Like I go and they, 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 well, I don't know. Like I don't even really get a traditional. I don't, the last time I had, what I think of a traditional, traditional physical is, is something that you do when you're in school and like, it, it, and they, they like touch your bits and stuff to make sure you don't have a hernia or whatever. Or cancer. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't had one of those. I can't tell. Probably when I was in 12th grade was the last time I had one. Well, that's on your doctor at that point. <laughs> like, they sound shitty. Uh, I don't know. I Maybe, I don't know if it's because like I have to, they've the only like, when I go and they say, Oh, it's time to do your annual stuff. It's usually peeing in a cup and getting blood work done. And I think like, I, that's a physical essentially. Yeah. Like I, they get my height and my weight. And so they give me like a low, what I consider low grade physical, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, that's pretty, I think that's what my last one was. And then, you know, the last, when you get to a certain age, you have to start getting the old finger up the butt. Yeah, well, that's, but that's my thing. Like, so when I have certain issues, so that's when I get my physical done is the, once a year. And that's all I got. Well, if you ever start to feel worried about any medical stuff, 
Just talk to any woman who has kids and let them tell you how you're a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not you personally, but no, no. Uh, any woman out there who's had a child will just complain about us being bitchy men. Yeah. Because they are strongest motherfuckers oh, on yeah. the planet Earth. A hundred percent. Holy shit. Uh, My wife had – I'm not even kidding. She had four surgeries in one day, nearly died, three things of blood. Th- we were at three different hospitals and um was literally like took a shower by herself the next day that's insane that's insane that we had her our entire high-risk medical team coming in amazed that she was up and talking and like i was naive i'm like wow everyone's so nice that's so cool these people are coming to see us like i talk about this and i look back i'm like oh they were like coming in because it was miraculous that you're not dead yeah that's... so so uh, but i i mean I'm not telling, I'm, but I'm a, I'm with you. I'm a baby. Yeah, I like no. I cut my finger on the microwave and thought I needed stitches the other day. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> well, and like so, uh, when, women are that's just a shout out to you, ladies out there. You are tougher than us. And there's like I have this one thing that is isn't consistent, but it happens every now and then. And I'm like, ah, I should probably get this checked out. But like. <sighs> What if it's cancer? And <laughs> like, I oh, li- God, everyone does that. I know. And, Do you think that's also like a product of B? Be- like, what nationality are you? I I am uh, Irish. Well, you are just living the stereotype, my friend. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, but the, honestly, that cultural stuff really has a long term effect on people. Like in generation to generation, you're not wrong. It gets so true. Well, like, and like I, I grew up a sick kid, so I always go to the doctor. I don't have any of that because uh, I always yeah. I grew up sick. So yeah. like, but like, yeah, dude, you're not. Kid- I don't know. I've gone through years where I didn't go to the cardiologist to get my heart condition checked out, like I was supposed to, just because I was like, well, I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's part of it too. Is like, is, that's is- a real American thing. Yeah, I mean that is a yeah. huge piece because like I've gone to the doctor and gotten thousands of dollars of bills that I don't, I can't afford. And and I would say like that's definitely with the whole mental thing and seeking someone to talk to like that's I would say like I, 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 at least fifty percent of the reason why I don't want to go is like I don't feel like like even if my insurance covers ninety percent of it I just don't want to pay to go talk to somebody but like yeah no my, I, that's a huge when you don't want to do something you'll put a million roadblocks in the yeah, way yeah and, myself and, included the, remember like, that part the, I told you I couldn't move my neck because I had yeah. pain, but didn't realize it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the one thing that I'm always like that I sh- I'm like, ah, maybe I should like talk to my doctor about this. And like the reason I don't is I'm afraid like this. One of the symptoms that, that it is is like, well, it could be this kind of cancer. And it's fucked up. Like I, I'm saying that I don't want it to be cancer. And like I know like, all I need to do is go to the doctor and let them tell me that it's not cancer. Or if it is like I'm catching it early enough to where I'm not going to die. And I'm saying this like recently losing someone to cancer. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I was going to say, do you think that ties into losing your uncle to cancer? Like, it's no, because it's literally been like, no, because it's, it's, um, it, th- you're it's Irish. I would, I, I think it's just because I, I, I have a fear of death and that I've had that since I was a teenager. Like since yeah. I understood what the concept of death is like, I can, I don't know if you've ever heard like Kevin Smith talk about how like he does it. Like he, he wants to be able to upload his consciousness into like a, oh, yeah, yeah. a computer so that he can just live on forever. I, I that, that's like kind of my deal is like, I don't, as sad as it would be to watch everyone I know and love die. Like I, at the end of the day, like I want to live forever. Like, I don't want to, and, and I don't know what it is. That, like, is, is it like, is it because like, I have this like weird feeling with God where like, I don't know what, like there's days I believe there's days that I don't, uh, I, that probably ties into my fear of death. But I, so, so I, my fear of death, which I've had since literally probably before, uh, I, there was one family member I had that was, I was close with that died before I probably had this fear of death. Um, and, and then I, I developed it, I, whatever point you really kind of really grasp that, like maybe preteens or whatever. And, um, that is what fuels me not going to the doctor to find out if this thing I have is just a, you know, the, the, the non, non-fatal disease, not even a disease, the non-fatal thing or the thing that could kill you. And, uh, not go, just kind of being, uh, blind to it. <laughs> to me makes a lot, a lot more sense. Well, have you ever heard Pete Holmes has this hilarious stroke. He's like, when you're a kid, the ice cream falls off the cone and then you realize you're going to die one day. <laughs> he, he says yeah, it's way funnier, but he's like, the ice cream falls off the cone and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, existence ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it, dude, it's so true. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know the answer, man. Go to the doctor, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. As I tell yeah, you no. that, maybe I should go to my doctor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. One like, and it's funny because I'm starting to like my. It's, there's this weird like disease that that affects like one in like not a lot of people. Oh, you and definitely have it. It, and, and no, well, so Uh-oh. so and it, 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 it's uh, hereditary. So, um, my my dad's sister, my aunt. She like they they found out like she went for something and they're like and it's like almost untraceable. This thing is so untraceable that like the like I don't we don't know how they found it. But they're like, oh, you have this thing and and you you your kids need to get checked because you have this thing and there's a chance that they might have it. What disease? But if she asking, I have no idea. It it's something that's cancer? in your neck and I, no, it's not cancer. It's it's something that's in your. I I just don't know the name yeah. of it because I'm I'm way ignorant to it, and, and not ignorant in the sense that like I just I didn't pay close enough attention to my dad when he was telling me about it. But it's this. Thing. Oh, there's so much. Yeah, it's stuff. You're like, whoa. Yeah, it's something in your neck that that I think can screw with your heart. Something like that. And uh, again, I, I, uh, maybe I'll find out, out about it and post it in the show notes. But um, so, so if she had it, that means that it came from her mom and dad, which means that there's a chance mm. my dad has it. So like, mm. and like, did he get tested? He's going to like, he still hasn't because he's like me. <laughs> uh, so that's or you're like him, yeah, or I'm like him. But yeah. he needs like he wants to. He's it's just for him. I think it's more so like oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. And he has a bad heart, like so he knows he needs to get to it. And um, so but like I told him, I was like, listen, I- I'm not gonna get tested unless I absolutely have to. So like when you go to your doctor and like you, you if you don't have it, like say okay, I so I don't have it, but my sister did. Should my kid, should my son go get checked? And then should his kids go get checked? Because like, unless it's spelled out for me, I'm not going to go get it checked. Like I need to know, I need a doctor to tell me, yeah, we should check for this. Yeah. The worst thing about our medical, you wouldn't even be able, a doctor would have to choose to test it on you. Cause you don't even get to be like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I bet they wouldn't even test you unless your dad has it, to be honest. Yeah. And that's my, my, I don't think you could just walk into a doctor, but like, test me for this doc. They'd be like, we need a reason. <laughs> well, I, the, the, her, my aunt's doctor gave her like, here's a thing to give to your family members. And so my guess is like, if the doctor tested my dad, whether he was positive or negative for it, my, if my dad said like, Hey, should my kid get checked out regardless of what the, the outcome is. Uh, and the doctor said, yeah, they would give him a note to give to me to get checked out. Yeah. But, Cause then you have, yeah, I know. But, and, well, and, I and like, the, and the, the, like, it's like such a easy fix to like, I don't even like, I think it's like an outpatient procedure that they do to like cure you. Like it's totally curable too. It's just a thing. Like it's a, it's a killer. It's a silent killer because like no one, like it's, it's not like no one ever thinks to look at that thing, like to make sure you have it or not. Yeah. Well, you just have catastrophe thinking. Yeah. So, um, somebody needs some therapy. <laughs> uh, I, had, the- I had seen one a few years ago because of that. Like, yeah. uh, I had a lot of friends and family members die in a very short period of time in a bunch of years. And then like the, the more recent of that, when I was, this is like, when I was, how old was I? Like 24 or something like that. Like I had two friends, like one who died of uh, cancer and then one who took their, who uh, committed suicide with like a month of each other and a bunch of other stuff. And then, so I was for a long time. I was always had that, like, and I also get from my mom that like the other shoes going to drop feeling. Yeah. And I finally saw a therapist about that. And she's like, I had to work through that. Like uh, my wife used to say, she thought I was, I was definitely death obsessed. Like I would watch like Six Feet Under a lot <laughs> and like shit like that, like way into that stuff. I uh, you know, I also think you said something interesting too, because I also find like um, there's nothing harder than being like an atheist while having an existential crisis. Yeah, because it's so much harder. Because I'm the same way. Like I I'm an atheist, and it makes it so much harder yeah. to uh, deal with stuff when you because like. We're afraid of death because, like, you're dead, you die. It's not like yeah. I'll die, but you have this like silver line. I'm like, but I'll be in heaven with my family. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm done. It will be like the end of the Sopranos. It just all goes black. Yeah, it will go black. And that's that's I think that's my fear of death. It's just is that it goes black. That I don't get to experience life anymore because I yeah. and, and you don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we think with the yeah. evidence based. Uh, the evidence provided to us from the knowledge we do know Um, and we'll never know. And I guess that's also scary. So yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, I don't have an answer. Fucking sucks. 
this is such a weird note to say we got to end on, but my, my laptop came up saying low battery. So I got like two minutes to end the show. Awesome. Uh, well, let's do this again. Yeah, totally. I, and you know, I'm actually glad that it wasn't a full hour of serious talk about depression. Quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad that it was jovial and I'm glad that like, I got to get a little bit more of your story about what happened. And I got to talk about why I'm such a lazy asshole with posting this podcast. There is something behind there's something in my head, not letting me do it. I just don't know what yet. Um, so before we officially, yeah, it will happen. Yeah. Well, I'll figure it out one day. Uh, before I officially let you go and let my computer die, get your plugs out so people know where to find you. Uh, at Let's Chat Podcast on all the things. Uh, Let's Chat Podcast on the Core Temp Arts Network. Uh, my most recent episode had Rahul Kohli. You might know him from Supergirl or iZombie. Yeah, that was and, um, super cool. Fucking, I can't explain how it happened. It was the biggest episode I've ever done. Coolest dude in the world. Yeah, I, I and congrats on that. I don't know if I actually said congrats to oh, you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it, uh, I it was the easiest thing I've ever done to get set up. It was set up in under 24 hours. That's amazing. Right time. Yeah. I, I asked I, him at the exact right time and it just happened to work out. And for some reason I, he talked to me for an hour and a half and opened up about all the shit. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Like, I'm so happy for you that you got that. Like what a way to kind of come back. Like I saw like a day or two before that you posted your 2018 goal for podcasting and you literally did it. That's literally how, and then I'm also having one of the writers coming on when, whenever this comes out, one of the writers from my zombie will be on at the end of February as well, right before the show comes back. Same. Uh, and, and watch that show guys. It's really good. I, I need to catch up Terrible. on it. I watched the first season I, and, and I, I just, yeah, I season two ends with an actual zombie movie. I'll just say yeah. that. I need to just hop on Netflix and binge watch it one day. And I yeah. will. I love, I love the show. I love the first season. I just, it was hard to get back, not hard to get back into because of the show. Just there's 400 I- scripted television shows that come yeah, out a year. Exactly. Well, that's what I started following this, the Supergirl writers. And it's a shame that I don't know more of uh- a big, big thank you to Chris from let's chat with the revel and friends. Uh, can, and, and big congrats to him. He's been getting some great guests on his show. Uh, you know, he's been getting some cast members and writers from iZombie. That was a 2018 goal from him that he accomplished within like two or three weeks or something like that. So it was just really cool to see that Chris is, you know, he's, he's come back to podcasting um, and he, he's come back in a big, bad way. It's definitely a lot more sparse uh, being a new dad and all. I understand uh, but I, you know, go listen to his show. It's on the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. It's also on iTunes and and pod, you know Apple Podcasts, wherever you Google Play, everywhere you can get the uh, podcast. It's there. Um, and I do want to apologize. We're gonna have to have Chris on again at some point. A because I just enjoy talking to him, but B, uh, we were running up against my laptop. Uh, I forgot to charge it. I was recording out in my car, and um, we just we were running up against the battery dying, and I was trying to wrap things up. Uh, but the battery died before, um, I, I could, uh, wrap things up properly. So, um, thanks for Chris for dealing with the way we had it record and, um, and, and for just being on the show and for being a friend, I, you know, he always, I'm not a big, uh, person on follow Friday. I, I, I used to be, and I try to said so something I always say, Oh, I'm going to do follow Friday this week, but I, I always forget about it. Chris is consistent about that. And he, he always tags me, uh, if not me and my show. So big thanks to Chris for, for everything he does to help support. Uh, everything is awesome and, and me as a creative. Uh, and make sure you check out Let's Chat with Revel and Friends and uh, you know follow him on Twitter at Let's Chat um, Podcast. Uh, I, I believe that's the current one. Everything will be in the show notes. So just follow him along and, and you know fo- you know this is even if you're not listening on Friday, follow Friday Chris on Twitter. Uh, he's a good dude. And he's he's doing great things in the world of podcasting. He's uh, he's he's a smart cat. He's uh, I just enjoy him uh, with with all my heart. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. You could have spent your time with anybody anywhere for this last hour or so, uh, but you put us in your ear holes, and I thank you for that. Uh, you know, time is 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 valuable. That's that's our number one currency in this world is time. 
and we all should use it wisely. And I believe that listening to me yap on with friends for an hour is a wise, uh, wise thing to do. And, and, and if you're still listening to this, you, you obviously agree. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we, uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we are pretty much up to date with our back catalog of interviews and we're going to be sitting down and interviewing more people, um, and expanding upon the, that's entertainment podcast network. Hopefully our Patreon is up and running at this point to be properly, um, used and, um, you know, just, just, uh, you know, you have yourselves a fine summer where, oh, I guess it's spring, but man, it's, um, as I'm recording this, this outro here, it's, it's hot. It's like 80 degrees. So it's, it feels like summer to me. So, uh, you know, enjoy it. Uh, and, and hopefully you're enjoying it with us for, along for the ride. I hope to have some announcements about more live shows in the next uh, week or two here. Uh, I don't think we're, I, you know, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably, um, official that we, I, I don't think we got, uh, invited to do the, uh, great Philadelphia Phil, uh, Comic-Con. Um, there's always next year, but we're, we're trying to do some things, uh, with other cons that are coming to the area. Um, trying to set something up, um, for, uh, you know, a new venue that I found down in South street and, um, there's some other things in motion. And of course the Philadelphia podcast festival is in June this year. We will definitely be there. I haven't gotten the schedule yet, but, um, I know, uh, that not only will we be there, I'll probably be running things that I would have to imagine tattooed mom for the weekend. So, um, thanks for listening again. You can find us on real awesome pod, uh, on twitter.com and on facebook.com or at awesome podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at that nerdy cow. That's where I do most of my tweeting, uh, and, uh, where I'll communicate with you, uh, one-on-one if you want to talk about anything in the world, I'm willing to talk about it 100%. And, uh, for, for everything is awesome. I'm Kev and, uh, you can find us on awesomepodcast.com and core temp arts podcast network at core We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the core temp arts podcast network to listen to more core temp arts shows. Visit core